Good morning and welcome to the Coffee and Cap Rates podcast, your go-to source for New York City's latest commercial real estate insights. This program is brought to you by Ariel Property Advisors. Hi, everyone. I'm Shimon Shkuri with Ariel Property Advisors at Coffee and Cap Rates. And today I have with me my partner, Victor Sozio to speak a little bit about the multifamily market in New York City and the first quarter. Hi, Vic. How are you doing? I'm good, Shimon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting to speak together about what we've seen in the first quarter of multifamily. And we're coming off a, a great year, 2021, especially the last quarter and especially the last month have been robust. We're talking about close to $4 billion of multifamily only transactions, about double the five-year quarterly average. The five-year quarterly average, about a little less than $2 billion now. And 2022, the first quarter, we've seen close to $2.9 billion worth of specifically multifamily transactions, still very high compared to the average. We know there's some headwinds. We know that different things are happening in the market. We know that demand is shifting a bit. Vic, what do we think is going to happen moving forward after we've seen that kind of robust first quarter in multifamily? You know, Shimon, I, I think a lot of action that's happening right now are deals that have been negotiated or are being negotiated for a while. And there's become an increased sense of urgency to get them finalized, especially when a borrower or a potential buyer is looking to lock rates and mitigate their risk going forward or avoid higher interest rates going forward. So we're in the trenches daily. I do think that we continue to see good contract activity, but it's clear that it's become more turbulent over the past 60 days with more renegotiations happening, more repricing happening, primarily because of interest rates. If you look at what happened in the first quarter, you touched on it. You know, We did have a good robust amount of volume, about $2.9 billion in the first quarter. But when you think about it, a lot of that was a result of contracts that were finalized in the fourth quarter of 2021, or even in the early stages of 2022, when we were dealing with a lower interest rate environment. And when you fast forward to today, you're looking at rates that are about 160 bips different in most cases. And that's causing a lot of adjustment, both on the seller and buyer side. Again, there still seems to be a good amount of capital out there and a good amount of demand, especially in light of rents performing as well as they're performing. But there certainly has been some turbulence because of the spread uh, on the interest rates and, and some adjustment on pricing. So what I anticipate is that the second half of the year might not be as transactional or have the same amount of volume as the fourth quarter of 2021 because we are in a period of adjustment here. That's very insightful, right? You touched on the residential rental market that has been robust, and we've seen increased confidence by different type of investors coming into the city. The other thing you mentioned, which I thought was very insightful, is that the first quarter had several transactions already accounted for in the form of contracts last quarter. One of them was the Black Spruce's transaction of $837 million of the American Copper Building, which is predominantly a luxury apartment building or so. And there were a few others, if you want to mention them, that we've seen going to contract in the first quarter of the year. Do you think that trend of strong luxury free market building demand from investors, do you think that trend continues 
although interest rates are rising? I do. I actually seem to see much more action and much more appetite for that product type versus 18 months ago when they were still being affected by COVID type of rents and concessions. Everybody at the time expected that the rental market would rebound. I don't know if we all expected that it would rebound so quickly and at such a high level. But even today, I can tell you, I have a good client in a good, solid Brooklyn location, just signed a new renewal at a free market apartment at 20 plus percent higher than the previous rate. So I do think that that is motivating a lot of purchasers to focus on well-located assets, free market apartments, or even 421As that are still stabilized, but stabilized at market. If it's a well-located asset and it's renting out at market, that has become a lot more appealing because of how strong the rental market has been. And, and that's actually expected to continue. So we talk about interest rates, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the political headwinds, but a shining bright spot for our market has been how well free market rents have been performing, especially in good, strong locations throughout the city. Yeah. So the flip side, really, of what you're saying is, look, uh, interest rate is ticking up because of inflation. But guess what? Rents are going up also, possibly because of inflation. And that's really what we've experienced. You can talk about the political risk if you want to, but we're also seeing a high demand for affordable properties, although we haven't seen a tremendous amount of transactions in the first quarter. I do think, and you tell us, based on the inventory we know that's on the market, that could show a great amount of transactions for the balance of the year. And also, if you want to talk a little bit about the rent-stabilized asset class, we've seen some clarity there in terms of certain transactions, but that probably will be somewhat affected more so by interest rates. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, I think without question, rent-stabilized product is much more sensitive to rising interest rates, especially in light of a fairly static rent increase over the past few years, although there is some speculation that will change soon in, in the new increases that are pending for the next one or two year leases. In terms of affordable, yeah, look, we spoke about it in the past. It's still in high demand. You touched on it. The inventory out there isn't tremendously high. And the buckets of capital that are really earmarked for that product type remain out there and a good amount of them are out there. So when something does come up, it still does get a lot of competition in action for that reason. But you know, interest rates definitely affect that product type as well because they are typically governed by rent stabilization or usually governed by rent stabilization if it's not project-based Section 8 or something like that. But one important point to mention there is that they did publish AMI growth over the past year. And, and average AMI in New York City has grown 12%, a tremendous jump. So when you talk about new affordable product or ceilings on rents that tie into AMI, or if you're building ground up affordable, you're actually able to stabilize at higher rents because the AMI levels have jumped up. And again, we've actually seen pretty significant increases over the past decade in terms of average AMI levels, but this one being 12% is certainly a little bit of an outlier. So I do think that's going to help continue to help spur more action in that product type or in that segment of the market. As it relates to rent stabilized, like we said, it, it is sensitive to interest rates. I think you know expenses are really going through the roof, especially if you look at a lot of these workforce housing locations. Insurance rates just continue to climb and even upwards of 2,000 a unit. So we are seeing a little more of the, I guess, solidified players making their 
position known that they continue to look for rent stabilized product, but at the same time, a lot of institutions continue to be hesitant until they see a little bit more on the RGB increases or they see inflation die down a little bit and see expenses start to normalize a bit. Thank you. So let me try to wrap it up and see if I missed anything. So we had a good first quarter, way above usual averages of $2 billion, closer to $3 billion in the first quarter of 2022. Multifamily, predominantly free market, will continue to do well as a result of fundamentals, although interest rates are ticking up. We believe affordable housing properties will continue to do well throughout the year. And there is some sensitivity when it comes to rent-stabilized multi when it comes to interest rates, a lot more sensitive from a pricing perspective. Anything to add before we wrap this up, Vic? I think you summarized it pretty well, Shimon. I just want to stress the point that we touched on a bunch of times here is that we are in a period of pretty significant volatility. And it looks like the volatility will remain at least for the next quarter or so. So there is an increased sense of urgency that when a deal seems to be close to good enough, we're in many cases, suggesting that a seller or a borrower consider it a little bit differently than they did in the past, because I don't think this period of volatility is going to go away overnight. So things have become a little bit more pressing. And when something is actionable, I think it has a different value today than it did at the end of last year. I love it. So Vic is saying a sense of urgency because of some uncertainty and some volatility. Take note of that. And with that, we'll finish this segment of Coffee and Capri's podcast. Vic, thank you so much for being here with me. And let's wrap this up. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much.